Are you ready to take your child on a journey to discover their Indian roots? Yay! Introducing Chimes, the ultimate audio platform for young minds aged 3 to 15. At Chimes, we believe in the power of storytelling to connect children to their cultural heritage. From captivating folk tales to colorful festivals to mesmerizing history, Chimes brings the rich stories of Indian traditions to life. So connect your child to their Indian roots with us. Download the app today and start the journey. Search Chimes Kids Audio Stories and Podcasts app on Apple or Google Play Store. Chimes, audio that inspires. When Wendy grew up, the other boys were waiting below to give Wendy time to explain about them. And when they had counted 500, they went up. They stood in a row in front of Mrs. Darling with their hats off and wishing they were not wearing their pirate clothes. Of course, Mrs. Darling said at once that she would have them. But... Mr. Darling was curiously depressed as he considered six a rather large number. We will fit in, sir, they assured him. Then follow the leader, he cried gaily. He went off dancing through the house and they all cried, Hoopla! and danced after him. As for Peter, he saw Wendy once again before he flew away. He brushed against the window in passing so that she could open it if she liked and call to him. That is what she did. Uh, hello, Wendy. Goodbye, he said. Oh dear, are you going away? Yes. Mrs. Darling came to the window for at present she was keeping a sharp eye on Wendy. She told Peter that she had adopted all the other boys and would like to adopt him also. Would you send me to school? He inquired craftily. Yes. And then to an office? I suppose so. Soon I would be a man. Very soon. I don't want to go to school and learn solemn things. He told her passionately. But where are you going to live? With Tink in the house we built for Wendy. I shall have such fun, said Peter, with eye on Wendy. It'll be rather lonely in the evening, she said, sitting by the fire. Well, then come with me to that little house. May I, mummy? Certainly not. I've got you home again and I mean to keep you. But he does need a mother. So do you, my love. Oh, all right, Peter said as if he had asked her from politeness merely. But Mrs. Darling saw his mouth twitch, and she made this handsome offer to let Wendy go to him for a week every year to do his spring cleaning. Wendy said pensively, You won't forget me, Peter, will you, before spring cleaning time comes? Of course, Peter promised, and then he flew away. All the boys went to school. 
the power to fly gradually left them. Want of practice, they called it. But what it really meant was that they no longer believed. Michael believed longer than the other boys. He was with Wendy when Peter came for her at the end of the first year. She flew away with Peter. She had looked forward to thrilling talks with him about old times. But new adventures had crowded the old ones from his mind. Who is Captain Hook? He asked with interest when she spoke of the arch enemy. Don't you remember? She asked amazed. How could you forget him? How you fought and saved all our lives? I forget them, he replied carelessly. When she expressed a doubtful hope that Tinkerbell would be glad to see her, he said, Who is Tinkerbell? I expect he was right. For fairies don't live long, but they are so little that a short time seems a good while to them. Next year, he did not come for her. She waited in a new frock because she had outgrown the old one. But he never came. Perhaps he is ill, Michael said. You know, he's never ill. Michael came close to her and whispered with a shiver. Perhaps there is no such person, Wendy. Peter came next spring cleaning. And the strange thing was that he never knew he had missed a year. That was the last time the girl Wendy ever saw him. The years came and went without bringing the careless boy. And when they met again, Wendy was a married woman. And Peter was no more to her than a little dust in the box in which she had kept her toys. All the boys were grown up too. Years rolled on again and Wendy had a daughter. This ought not to be written in ink, but in a golden splash. She was called Jane and always had an odd inquiring look as if from the moment she arrived on the mainland, she wanted to ask questions. When she was old enough to ask them, they were mostly about Peter Pan. She loved to hear of Peter and Wendy told her all she could remember in the very nursery from which the famous flight had taken place. It was Jane's nursery now. There were only two beds in the nursery now, Jane's and her nurses and there was no kennel. It was Jane's invention to raise the sheet over her mother's head and her own, thus making a tent and in the awful darkness to whisper. What do we see now? I don't think I see anything tonight, said Wendy. Yes, you do, says Jane. You saw when you were a little girl. That is a long time ago, sweetheart, said Wendy. Mm, does it fly? asked the artful child. The way, the way you flew when you were a little girl? The way I flew? Mm, do you know, Jane, I sometimes wonder whether I ever did really fly. Yes, you did. Why can't you fly now, mother? Because I'm grown up, dearest. When people grow up, they forget the way. Why do they forget the way? Because they are no longer happy and innocent and heartless. It is only the happy and innocent and heartless who can fly. 
they embarked on the great adventure of the night when Peter flew in looking for his shadow. The foolish fellow, said Wendy, tried to stick it on with soap and when he could not, he cried. And that woke me up and I sewed it on for him. You have missed a bit, interrupted Jane, who now knew the story better than her mother. When you saw him sitting on the floor crying, what did you say? I sat up in the bed and I said, Boy, why are you crying? Yes, that was it, said Jane with a big breath. And then he flew us all away to the Neverland. And the fairies and the pirates and the redskins in the mermaid's lagoon and the home under the ground and the little house. What was the last thing Peter ever said to you? The last thing he ever said to me was, just always be waiting for me and then some night you will hear me crowing. Yes, but alas, he forgot all about me. Wendy said it with a smile. What did his crow sound like? Jane asked one evening. It was like this. <coughs> Wendy said trying to imitate Peter's crow. No, it wasn't, Jane said gravely. It was like this. <coughs> and she did it ever so much better than her mother. Wendy was a little startled. My darling, how can you know? I often hear it when I'm sleeping, Jane said. Ah, oh, yes, many girls hear it when they are sleeping. But I was the only one who heard it awake. Lucky you, said Jane. And then one night, Wendy was sitting on the floor, very close to the fire, and while she sat darning, she heard a crow. Then the window blew open as of old and Peter dropped on the floor. He was exactly the same as ever and Wendy saw at once that he still had all his first teeth. He was a little boy and she was grown up. Hello, Wendy, he said, not noticing any difference. Hello, Peter, she replied faintly, squeezing herself as small as possible. Peter looked at Jane's bed and asked, Hello, uh, is it a new one? Yes. Boy or girl? N girl. Peter, she said faltering, Are you expecting me to fly away with you? Of course, that is why I have come. He added a little sternly, Have you forgotten that this is spring cleaning time? I, I can't come, she said apologetically. I have forgotten how to fly. I'll soon teach you again. She had risen and now at last a fear assailed him. What is it? He cried shrinking. I will turn up the light, she said. And then you can see for yourself. For almost the only time in his life, Peter was afraid. Don't turn up the light, he cried. She let her hands play in the hair of the tragic boy. Then she turned up the light and Peter saw. He gave a cry of pain and when the tall beautiful creature stooped to lift him in her arms, he drew back sharply. What is it? He cried again. She had to tell him. 
I am old, Peter. I am ever so much more than twenty. I grew up long ago, and the little girl in the bed is my baby. No, she's not. But he supposed she was, and he took a step towards the sleeping child. He sat down on the floor and sobbed, and Wendy did not know how to comfort him. Though she could have done it so easily once, she was only a woman now, and she ran out of the room to try to think. Peter continued to cry, and soon his sobs woke Jane. She sat up in bed and was interested at once. "Boy," she said, "why are you crying?" Peter rose and bowed to her, and she bowed to him from the bed. "Hello," he said. "Hello," said Jane. "My name is Peter Pan," he told her. "Yes, I know. I came back for my mother," he explained, "to take her to the Neverland." "Yes, I know," Jane said. "I have been waiting for you." Wendy found Peter sitting on the bedpost, crowing gloriously. while jane in her nighty was flying round the room she is my mother peter explained and jane descended and stood by his side with the look in her face that he liked to see on ladies when they gazed at him he does so need a mother jane said yes i know wendy admitted rather forlornly no one knows it so well as i goodbye said peter to wendy and he rose in the air and jane rose with him wendy rushed to the window no no she cried it is just for the spring cleaning time jane said he wants me always to do his spring cleaning of course in the end wendy let them fly away together watching them receding into the sky until they were as small as stars As you look at Wendy, you may see her hair becoming white and her figure little again, for all this happened long ago. Jane is now a common grown-up with a daughter called Margaret, and every spring cleaning time, except when he forgets, Peter comes for Margaret and takes her to the Neverland, where she tells him stories about himself, to which he listens eagerly. When Margaret grows up, she will have a daughter who is to be Peter's mother in return, and thus it will go on so long as children are happy and innocent and heartless.